Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. On today's bonus episode, I am joined by Misha Bushjager, who is an author on the incredibly successful Kickstarter for Oren. Uh, it's on Kickstarter now, and this is an uh, Afro-futurist science fiction role-playing game. And uh, I gotta say, not, I mean, not only did this thing fund super fast, but uh, it looks super great. And uh, so now, Misha, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Uh, I'm Misha Bushager. Uh, you might see me as Misha B around the webs. Uh, you can find me at blackgirlgameworks.com or at newagendapublishing.com. Uh, uh, New Agenda Publishing is, of course, the the person or the, the group that's doing uh, Arun with uh, Jerry Grayson and Aloy Lasanta and myself as the principals. Uh, we've got a pretty diverse crew uh, helping back us up uh, with the writing and the, the artwork. Um I've worked on a bunch of other projects, um, Chill, Lovecraft Desk, um, Masks, uh, a little bit all over the board. Um, but yeah, I, I mostly do RPGs and LARPs now. So, so um, to kind of like give our listeners sort of like a frame of reference for the types of role playing that you're sort of most interested in, maybe kind of like what, if you were playing or if you were GMing, not necessarily if you're writing, but if you were, if you were engaging on it from the, the consumer an- like, like facing, what would you be in- most interested in? Uh, I'm mostly a kind of a more of a story game kind of person. Um, narrative's important. Uh, so if like I was going to run a one shot at a con, it'd probably be something like Monster Hearts or Dungeon World um, or uh, maybe Mask, although that takes a little more um, a little more work to get into. It, it, I don't find a one shot of Mask as satisfying as as some of the others. Um, why? Why is that? Uh, I just find it, you need a little more time than the four hour slot to really get into the characters, as more so than like, um, like Monster Hearts. Most people can grasp and sink into to like a, a werewolf or vampire fairly quickly, but to get some of the 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 moving pieces that are working around uh, in Mask, I find takes a little more setup and, and a little more time to get it working. Um, like you can engage with monster hearts, you can engage with the, hey, we're just going to do messy relationships pr- angle pretty much right off the bat. Whereas you know, oh well, you know, we got to work with our parent, or we got to work with our, our scion, or we got to work with uh, a mission. It takes a little more time uh, for masks. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I totally hear you there. So, um, how did you break into the RPG industry? Uh, uh, so, uh, who was it? Um, the first thing I wrote for, I think was, I want to say it was probably chill. I answered a, uh, an open call, um, that they had out, uh, with, uh, some cleaned up, uh, fiction that I pulled from a, a play-by-post game I had been doing, cleaned it up, made it into a, a fairly tight narrative and sent it in, and they liked it. Uh, so that was the first one. Then a friend of mine asked me to do a stretch goal for, for masks uh, with with Brendan. Um, 
uh, I've mostly done a lot of stretch goals uh, with with friends of mine, um, or a couple of things that I've done from the ground up. Um, Arun, of course, and uh, Nightingales is a a LARP that I'm working on. Um, Hashtag feminism. Uh, I was one of the principal editors for, and was we, we kind of worked it from inception to, to publishing, which <laughs> I don't know if I will ever do that again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that wasn't the part of it that you're interested in. Uh, it, it was, well, it, so we did it uh, as an entry to Fostival, which is a, a Scandinavian uh, LARP kind of contest kind of thing. Uh, but we ended up with like 30 different writers. So trying to get all of those bits and pieces and everybody moving at once on a really tight deadline was was tricky. Uh, we, we did it we did it in less than six months. Uh, from hey, this is an idea to hey, we're submitting, <laughs> which was uh, there. There was like and there was a weekend over th- right before Thanksgiving where I was reading them all to do the editing, and this was before we had introduced the um, the the scale of like how emotionally invested or how emotionally heavy it is. Uh, so I read like tearjerker after tearjerker after tearjerker after tearjerker like in a row because you know they, I'm just pulling them out alphabetically and, and it's like oh wow we, we've got to put something in here otherwise somebody's going to have a really depressing day uh, well that's really me. interesting yeah I mean that's 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 really great that like the perspective that you were seeing as the editor to create on some level like a mechanic within the book yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty much necessary. There's like you can't like because you can't like there were some that are like super light and fluffy like uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl or Manic Pixie Dream Commandos, uh, where you're playing Manic Pixie Dream Girls and you're running around doing little silly things. To um, uh, there's one about um, uh, a basically a school shooting and it's hey you've got to write a tweet that's going to be your last tweet that's going to be read and it's like. Uh, and and you know oh, you can, yeah you can't put those two <laughs> things right next to each other. I mean you can, but you gotta do it intentionally if you're gonna put them next to each other. And so wow. yeah, <laughs> so we we that kind of run, and there's like there's like two or three that were like uh, one was about abortion in, in Ireland and the whole debate about that. And it's like some of them were super heavy and some of them were super light. And you just kind of like all right, we gotta we gotta let people know ahead of time what they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, geez, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, work on Lovecraft esque? Yeah, so um, uh, I did a, st- I was a stretch goal writer. Uh, I did a uh, playset um, called uh, Mr. Giggles Comes to Dinner. It was kind of inspired by my kids because kids say the creepiest things. Um, and and so it, it it was kind of based around like hey this kid he's got an they've got an imaginary friend and what happens when their imaginary friend isn't so imaginary anymore so <laughs> it was it was kind of a an homage to horror movies with kids and and just you know the weird stuff kids just say out of the blue no that sounds great that sounds absolutely great i have lovecraft desk but i haven't done as deep a dive on it as i would like uh, have you played it a lot? I have. It's it's a fun little system. Um, it's really it's it's another good one that's good for one shots, because um, the structure of it isn't really built for like campaigns. It's it's pretty much built for hey we're gonna play for about three four hours max, um, 
and so you, but you have time to build a really weird world while you're doing it because you're you're kind of adding to the story as it as it moves around the table as uh, because you there is no one GM you all take turns uh, being the nar- the the main narrator um, of the story and so as it moves around you can kind of like add weirder and weirder things and so you know one person might have an idea it's like oh well what if we introduce this element and one person is like oh I'm gonna take that element I'm gonna run with it and we're gonna make this element and so you're in the meantime you're trying to figure out what's going on what you think is going on and but everybody around the table is doing the same thing and nobody comes up with the exact same thing at the same time it's kind of fun would you say horror is a genre that that you're particularly drawn to or excel at because between the lovecraft desk and the chill i mean you had to have been kind of like stalking a chill board or something to see that because that you're, i assume you're talking about the uh the Matt McFarlane yep. third edition. Um, actually, I wasn't stalking a chill board or anything. Uh, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've watched horror movies for far longer than I probably should have been watching horror movies. Um, uh, my dad wasn't really the best at deciding what the appropriate age for a kid to see a scary movie was. <laughs> so I watched like super scary movies as a kid. So I've always watched horror. Uh, and, and so horror is kind of a, it's a genre I like. Um. It's it's a genre that I find is tricky to do well, um, so or or tricky to do without knowing what the tropes are and without interrogating the tropes and playing with them well. Like uh, uh, if you saw Get Out, it's it's hey we're gonna take all the things that you think are, should happen in a horror movie, but we're gonna turn them like ninety degrees and see what happens if we do that. And that's the kind of thing I like doing with with a uh, horror. Um, so horror is, is probably like my go-to genre for stuff to watch uh, when I'm alone. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, okay. my husband doesn't do horror movies. <laughs> uh, we, we went to one for our first date, and I don't think I've gotten him to more than a handful since. And we've been married now <laughs> almost 15 years. So <laughs> most of the time, like I went, to, I went this afternoon to watch Halloween because you know Tuesdays are five dollars at uh, at the local theater. Um, and since I, I'm my own boss, I can just take off during the day and go and watch a movie. So yeah, I, I've, awesome. I've gotten to watch more horror movies. Just uh-huh, it's a Tuesday. I'm gonna go see what's the latest one on the screen. And it's the middle of the day. So if I'm scared, I I have time to calm down <laughs> before bedtime. <laughs> um. So, Oren, am I saying it right? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Um. How would you like it pronounced? I say Orun. Alois Arun. says Oren. We're still trying to figure. We're, we're trying. We are getting. We're working with a person who uh, knows your your Ruben well um, to make sure a if we're using a word in a context, it's not like hey, we're going to call the Lone Ranger's sidekick Tonto, and that just means stupid. Um, so we're we're trying to. So we're, we'll we'll have pronunciation guides once we've finished working with them to get everything. Uh, saying things the way it should be said and making sure we're not using words that shouldn't be used in that context. Okay, great. Great. No, that's awesome. So uh, tell us tell us about the project. Kind of like like uh, if, if, if it was somebody who's never heard of it, they've never seen it on Kickstarter, could you kind of pitch it to us and uh, get the listeners excited? Sure. Uh, so the, the basic premise of Arun is uh, you're a group of uh, Jolly, which are... Um, 
a a faction of uh, troubleshooters, peacekeepers, uh, neutral third parties that the system uh, calls uh, to work on. You're across all species that exist in the system. You're um, you're, it's not like something you're born into. It's it's something you choose. It's it's a path that you set on. Uh, and one of the things you're trying to do is help the universe rediscover the secrets of ascension that was lost uh, in the great wars uh, of a mnemonic against a mnemonic virus that happened in the like 500 years ago past. Um, and uh, it's. Uh, set in a completely different universe uh, there's no humans um, are we we've got a pretty diverse range of species everything from a plant species there's a bug species there's an aquatic species it kind of looks octopus like um, there's a, a species that's a, a little like foot and a half tall critter that walks around in a giant mech and and has a bad attitude um uh but you're you're, you're playing these are all like playable races these are all playable like, species yep great great um they, they've all been unlocked on the kickstarter so we get to bring them all to you um awesome yeah uh and and so uh you're you're pl- you're playing uh these envoys of of a collective that's figured out the secrets of incision. Some of them have already ascended. The war happened. Some of them came back to help um, I won't say humanity because there's no humans but help uh, the species rediscover those secrets and re-attain uh, the perfection and the utopia that the worlds had been in before the, the, the war had started. And uh, so is this a more kind of science fantasy or is it more like hard science fiction? It's it's like, it's more the... science fantasy than hard sci-fi. I mean, there there's we we didn't stick too closely to um there having to be like a good solid foundation for the science underneath it. Um, it it's more I'd say yeah more science fantasy than than necessarily science fiction. And how does it play? Like, what's the central? driving feature of play. Sure. So, uh, we, Aloy designed a, a, a new system. It's uh, We're calling it the Horizon System. It's uh, 2D10 uh, based. Uh, you have uh, five attributes that we call auras. Um, and then you have a list of skills that you mix and match um, the skills plus your aura plus your role and any bonuses you might have from, from items or such things um, to get uh, whether... Figure out whether you succeed or not, succeed or not on a scale. Um, but like you might be using, uh, but you might use grace with a skill uh, to do one task, and you might use um, spirit plus a, that same skill to do a different task. So it's it's kind of a, a more flexible system. Um, so it's kind of a blend between the the crunchy uh, traditional style of, of games and the the more narrative style of of just talking uh yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say since your your calling is to narrative games uh is is that reflected in the way that the game is written yes it's it, it, we did try to walk that line between the two worlds because aloy is very much more of a a crunchy trad guy 
Um, and I'm more of a, the soft, squishy, no, let's talk kind of guy. Uh, so we, we tried to, to walk that, that path. And I think we've, we've done a pretty good balance. There's enough narrative. There's enough, uh, player agency to, to just, Hey, we're just, we're not going to call for a role for this. It's yeah, sure. You succeed. Um, or, uh, versus no, yeah, I think this is going to call for a roll. Go ahead and roll with a with a uh, difficulty of this, uh, and so it kind of balances those two sides. How how long have you guys been working on the game? Uh, since last December, so uh, almost a year now. And when you had that moment, um, uh, was it was it all three of you together? Because there's three primary authors on the on the book. Am I right? Yeah. So there's it- it's me, Jerry, and Aloy. Um, we we were sitting there and we were like spitballing ideas, like okay, what do we want to do? Um, and we all d- kind of congealed around our love of Star Trek and Star Wars and that kind of whole space uh, exploration, um, peacekeeping. That kind of hey, there's a whole different world out there. Um, let's let's kind of capture some of that. Wow, that's great. So, does it have kind of a Star Trekky vibe to it, like the the kind of like, like taking values into space, sort of? Yeah, it, it's because you um you you're so the the Jolly are kind of they're not quite like the Jedi in that they're not trying to impose their will upon everyone else, but they are kind of like the Jedi in the um sense that they're they are uh, peacekeepers, and so they're, they're the ones that people turn to and, and trust um, when with s- certain situations. But it's also a lot more like Star Trek in that, hey, you know, we've got to actually negotiate things between um, two different factions that might be squabbling over something, or who might be, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're uh, our quick start example. Uh, was your the Jolly have been tasked with helping uh, refugees get off uh, a space station in the middle of a kind of a civil war or a, a labor dispute between management uh, that's gotten a little heated and gotten to the point of guns and firing. Um, but it's it's kind of so you're you're kind of we're kind of writing the best of both worlds of, of war Star Wars and Star Trek. Great, great. No, that sounds awesome. I'm stoked. Um, so, so you said already that kind of like publishing was sort of like a bugbear for you. It's a sort of like a pain in the butt, it, but you have the, the product that you can see on Kickstarter, the mock-ups and the, and the artwork that is coming in is just top notch. Yes. So, uh, who, who was in charge of, of kind of doing that development and getting that all squared away? Did you have a role to play in that or was that, was that elsewhere? Uh, so, so Jerry is in charge of art direction um, and and with input from, from us. So uh, Aloy and I did uh, a lot of some of the earlier work on um, deciding the species and, and designing the system and kind of sketching out the world. Uh, the writers that we brought in to help us further filled out that that um, perspective. Um, and then Jerry kind of took the art direction and, and some of the world building and send it to the artists that we've been working with so far and kind of gave them loose guidelines. It's like, hey, we want, uh, you know, we want uh, a bug species, but we don't want it to look pretty. You know, we, we want uh, uh, an aquatic species, but we don't want mermaids. So, you know, kind of work with those guidelines and, and, and tell me and show me what you got. Um, 
And the artist came back with some amazing pieces that weren't what I expected, but were everything I loved. Um, I love that our, our bug species does not look like uh, just a, a guy with a prosthetic on his head that you know has antennas. You know, it's, it, it looks like a caterpillar. It's like I love this. It could be more. Ah, yes, yes. Um, so what are the plans for the uh, for the IP once it kind of takes off because at this point you're fully funded you guys fully funded in like 10 minutes or something maybe that's exaggerating <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was less than a day we were we were presently surprised i mean we were fairly certain it was gonna fund we did not expect it i think it was about six hours for the first five thousand and it was like ah what do we do um but uh, <laughs> it's like i was not expecting this i, I had actually because we launched it on a tuesday I'm like okay i'm gonna go to a movie uh i think i went to see the nun uh i'm gonna go to a movie I'll check it every now and again, and, and like I get a ping like halfway through the movie. We're funded. What do we do now? I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so I've got to go get an update ready as soon as I get out of the movie. Um, so we were expecting it to fund. We were not expecting it to fund that quickly, uh, and and I I'm just kind of humbled that it it did uh, do it's doing so well. Uh, we're sitting at a little over twenty two thousand at the moment. I think. Um, awesome. which is awesome. lets us bring on a couple of stretch goal authors to kind of help us uh, flesh out a couple of things. Like uh, I think our latest one is Nicole Winchester. She's going to write a uh, one of our merchant houses, uh, kind of like a Dior or a Dolce Gabbana, kind of like, hey, we're the people who dress the stars and how that's going to affect, like, you know, what's uh, what's a Fatoran fashion sense going to be versus, you know, an Oyen fashion sense. And so that's going to bring some kind of richness uh, to the world that we haven't had a chance to build out yet. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of different stuff to do besides just fight. Yes. Like, it just sounds like I'm like like I'm going to I mean if 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 we're getting into like fashion and stuff then I mean will there be whole sessions that are just like going to parties and negotiating and Yeah, so so we've run a bunch of different playtests and of the like six or so games that I've run so far, I've only had shots fired in one of them. That could be attributed to my play style and my gaming, my jamming style, um, but I, I certainly have found things to interact with other than just straight violence, which uh, was something I kind of wanted to make sure that there was. You know, I find just you know straight violence kind of boring. I mean, if it, there's, it's yeah. Oh, I kill the thing. Okay, great. Now what? Um, right. It's not my bag. Uh, I, I would prefer to, hey, let's go talk to the thing. Or, hey, let's go seduce the thing. Or, uh, you know, th- there's so much more you can do to the thing than just kill it. Um, that that are, I find more interesting and more fun to, to draw out. Um, so, yeah. So, um, do you have plans for additional books? Some supplements after? We've got some rough ideas uh, sketched out. We haven't decided specifically, like, sat down and said, okay, this is definitely the one we're doing next. Uh, we're mostly trying to waiting till we get through and get uh, see how many stretch goals we get and see kind of what people are interacting with more. It's like what are what are people liking the most? What is it people are asking us the most questions about? Uh, and we'll kind of let that guide what we're what we do next. And do you think you'll be available in stores at some point, or is the goal to be like POD uh, subsequent to the Kickstarter? Uh, no, we'll, we'll probably have. Uh, 
in stores. Uh, we're we're planning on probably a fifteen hundred two thousand copy run with the the money we raised on Kickstarter. Uh, that was the initial goal was to to get enough to to do a a, a decent sized print run. So it should be available on on uh, in print uh, after the Kickstarter as well. But yeah, definitely. Uh, during the Kickstarter is the easiest way to get, uh, make sure you get a copy. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So I only got a couple questions left for you, and the first one is, um, I found one of the most interesting stretch goal, or not stretch goal, but one of the pledge options was buy a copy for you and buy a copy for an underprivileged youth. Now, I personally feel like we should always be looking to the next generation of role players to make sure that we are always cultivating this hobby that we love so much so that it'll continue into the future. Um, who came up with that idea? What inspired it? And then um, how is it that you are uh, targeting the people who are going to be the recipients of this pledge level? Uh, so I first got the idea, um, Avery Alder did uh, a similar idea when she did uh, Monster Hearts 2. Um, and But at the same time, reaching out to diverse communities has kind of always been something I've been passionate about, something I've always been passionate about, something Jerry's been passionate about, because we want to bring more people to the table. Um, one of the things I actually do besides Oren is, is I help curate uh, more seats at the table, which is a bi-weekly newsletter where we highlight games from uh, women and non-binary creators so that we're kind of broadening the perspectives and broadening the voices that are heard and bringing those people to the table with us so that, hey, yeah, you can see this, you know, and having... A, having a, a game by people who look like you is important. Having a game with people in it that look like you is important. And so being able to reach out and say, hey, hey, you want a copy, I can't afford it. Or hey, you want a copy, you don't know what role-playing is. Hey, let's let's teach you, let's show you, let's, let's bring as many people into this hobby as we can, uh, rather than trying to just shut, him, shut everybody out and kind of colonize into little bitty boxes and, and break it up. I love it. I love, I love it because just uh, the diversity of perspectives, um, making sure that the hobby continues and that people who wouldn't necessarily have access to it or maybe even know what it is, they get exposed to it. That's just so great. So that's something that you, listeners, if you want to go onto the Kickstarter and you want to support it at that level, it's actually a really accessible level once you've already committed to buy the book. And it's just something that helps like... Uh, generate the future of role-playing, which is an objective good for all of us. Um, so the final question to you, Misha, is, and I know you kind of led with some of this, but how can they get in touch with you? How can people interact with you and your products online? What are your favorite things? Where should people look for you? Uh, so I, my, my, my home was Google+, and I, I'm still trying to figure out where my home is going to end up. Uh, uh, with the shutdown. Um, but you can also find me, uh, I'm Black Girl, uh, BG Gameworks at Twitter, uh, blackarrowgameworks.com, and then New Agenda Publishing is newagendapublishing.com uh, is our web address, and uh, New Agenda Pubs is our Twitter handle. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on... I think we have a MeWe account, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, that, that's... the. the Mostly, you can find me on Twitter or Google Plus if you're if you're looking for me, at least until Google closes, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's it's devastating for the community at right? large, I but like... I mean, it, 
it, it was one of those weird niche things where, I mean, when you consider that, like, only role players were using it, I kind of figured that was its death knell, but it was so perfect for role players. Yeah, I mean, there was something about having the the privacy controls and the, the ability to say, yeah, these are the people who I want to be able to see it, these are the people who I want to be able to comment on it, even, uh, and those two circles don't have to be the same circles, uh, which was something I, I really enjoyed about it. Well, maybe somebody will pick it up. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Misha, I really want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule and telling everybody about this stuff. Um, hey, you know, I hope to see you out and around. Do you make it up to Gen Con? Uh, I will probably make it up there for the first time this year. Uh, I have not made it out so far. Uh, Jerry and Aloy were there this year. Uh, Aloy is there pretty much every year. I think Jerry is most of the time, too. I find that many people a little disturbing. Uh, <laughs> but that's my... Um, I'll be at Metatopia this year. Um, I'll be at Breakout, uh, which is up in Canada. Uh, Dreamation. Um, Camp Nerdly, which is in uh, a little bitty con in, in <laughs> the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Um, and a few others around the year. Well, awesome. Listeners, uh, be on the lookout, especially if you're on the East Coast. And uh, Misha, I hope to see you around. Yeah. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you again. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.